Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Judges chapter 13. Um, Samson's mother was uh, barren. She could not bear children. And the angel came and and told her she was going to have a child. And we're just going to read verse number five. Kind of tells what Samson is going to do. For lo... Thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Drop down to verse 24 and 25. And Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die because we have seen God and that is not the right verse. <laughs> Let's try 24 again. <laughs> All right. and, the, and the woman uh, bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtelah. Let us pray. <clears throat> Lord, how I thank you for the service uh, this morning. Thank you for all that are here. Lord, thank you for our guests. Thank you for all that have made it their decision, Lord, to be here this morning. And now, Lord, I believe you have something to say to them. And Lord, I know that I'm not capable. So, Lord, I'm just asking right now that your Holy Spirit would would speak to each and every individual. Lord, those who don't know you, I pray you would draw them. Uh, Those who do know you, I pray you would open their eyes, their heart. Let them understand, Lord, what your word says. And Lord, I pray that I would not be a stumbling block to any this morning, uh, Father, that it it would be your word and your spirit spirit that speaks i pray in jesus holy name and amen you may be seated i'm trusting that most of you know the story of samson uh, but in case we don't let's just let's just kind of cover it just a little bit but if the book of judges for those of you that are maybe new to the bible um and, and for you bible readers how many of you know the book of judges it is a mess all right it, it is it is probably the most messed up time you will read in the Bible. It, it literally, the, 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 the theme of the book of Judges is every man did that which was right in his own eyes. How many know that if everybody does what they think is right, we're going to be able to mess, right? And, and so that was where we were living. And so, so there's really no king, there's no ruling power, there's no uh, priests, or it's prophets, there's just nothing in charge. So literally just everybody's just doing whatever they think is right, whatever they think is, and we have all kinds of perverted stories, and it's just the most debauchery, uh, uh, messed up uh, stories in all of the Word of God. And, and what happened in the book of Judges is, because there was no king, because there was no prophet, because there was no authority, because there was really nothing, the country would get so far in a mess, and God would send a deliverer. And, and a deliverer would step on the scene. Again, they weren't the king, they weren't a prophet, but God would use that deliverer and they would deliver Israel out. Now Israel would go right back and they'd sin against God and they'd be messed up and then he'd have to send another judge. And that's kind of the book of Judges. So we find ourselves in the 13th chapter and God sends Samson to Israel. So the nation is an absolute mess. Destitute of God, a perverted, just a absolute mess. And they are desperate for a deliverer. Is this sounding familiar to anybody? Is this sounding familiar to anybody? Is anybody aware of any country anywhere that's maybe a mess and really needs someone to deliver them? (laughs) All right. So, so we, we see that there's some similarities here, that, that this nation is needing someone to show them the way. And God mercifully sends them Samson. And he tells us in verse 5 that he is sent to deliver Israel. That was his 
job. That was his calling why he was sent. Now it could be argued uh, Samson was given a power. We are told there in verses 24 and 25 that the Spirit came upon him. In the Old Testament it's a little different than in the New Testament but the Spirit came upon him. And, and Samson kind of different than almost anybody in the Bible. Samson when the Spirit of God came upon him he was given supernatural strength. Okay? Now, it could be argued, I think accurately so, it could be argued that from Adam and Eve until this day, Samson was the strongest physical man that has ever lived. Now, think about that. The strongest man ever to live. Wouldn't you guys like to have that title? I was the strongest guy. We get to heaven, oh yeah, everybody here, nobody was as strong as me. I was the strongest guy that ever lived. That's, that's pretty cool. Now, he was called to be the deliverer. He had the power of God upon him, and he was the strongest man that has ever lived. And what did Samson do? What did Samson do? I mean, we find him right out as soon as he's introduced. The first thing he does, he starts chasing a woman that is a Philistine that he really has no business chasing after her. And then, then he, then he uh, 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 makes a bed and, and loses the bed, and so he takes his supernatural strength to go settle that bet. He goes and uh, has to go kill some Philistines to, to uh, even up the bet that he had made that he had lost. Uh, we find him using his, uh, his power to, to bring revenge. He literally, uh, we, we watch guys on TV, but he literally, the Bible says, single-handedly, all by himself, he whooped a thousand guys. That pretty good? That, that's pretty good, right? I mean, I, I, I can't quite do that, right? A thousand guys he whooped all by himself. No gun, no nothing. He just, he just killed them all. So, but he did those things out of revenge, out of selfishness, out of getting his own way, uh, out of pursuing women and, and chasing after women. Are you guys seeing the picture that I'm trying to draw here this morning? That God gave him a very special power and he wasted that power on himself. All right. He took that power and wasted it. And we all know the story. He ends up getting a, a, a Delilah deceives him. He gives her his secret. They shave his head. Uh, he's vulnerable because he had broken his vow. Uh, they come in. They put his eyes out because. But I, I had in my notes that Samson was blind long before they put his eyes out because he couldn't see. But he lost his eyes, and they're mocking him. They're making fun of him. And he says, Lord, just give me my strength back one more time. And he knocks down the building, kills 3,000 Philistines, and, and, and he dies. Can you guys see this morning what a waste? What a waste. You have the title of the strongest man to ever live. You are given the power of God and you are called to deliver Israel. And what do you get to go as your reputation? Well, I chased a bunch of women. I got revenge. I had to settle a debt and then I died. All right. Listen, guys, <laughs> that's not a real good legacy to live. And so I think we would have to, and I think it's fair, we would have to ask Samson, if we could talk to Samson right now, or maybe when we get to heaven, what could you have done if you would have used God's power the way he wanted you to? Now, we can let our imaginations run wild, but we see David and Joshua and some of these other men who, by the way, the Bible describes them, they were just plain ordinary men. They weren't supernatural. But David killed a, a giant, and Joshua defeated nations, and, and many of these men did great things because they followed God. And Samson, who had the power of God and was the strongest man ever, and by himself single-handedly uh, um, whooped a thousand people, what could have happened if he would have said, we're going to follow God and gathered the armies and led them into battle? In the Old Testament, the way that they settled their spiritual wars were often physical, but he could have, he could have thrown off the Philistines and Israel could have once again uh, uh, shined a light for God. Do you know what he did? He chased women and he settled debts. <laughs> so we see a very dysfunctional power in, in what Samson did. Now, I think that gives us a very powerful illustration for the church today. And I hope that you're following me this morning uh, that, that 
what Samson did, I, I, I'm going to try to show you this morning, is what the church is doing today. So in Luke 2449, <clears throat> Jesus has died, went to the grave, he's rose from the dead, he's getting ready to ascend into heaven. And this is what he tells him. And he said, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. He literally said, don't go do anything until you have the power. Now, let me just clarify, make sure everybody understands, make sure we're on the same page. The power he is referring to is God. The power he's referring to is God. And the power he's referring to is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not a force. It's not a, a, a it. It is the person of God coming to dwell upon this earth. Okay? So he tells the church the power is given to you. Could we not agree this morning? I want you to think about this staggering comment. We can say that Samson was the strongest man to ever live. But would you guys, everybody here sitting here this morning, if you were a Christian, would you not agree with me that you have the most powerful thing on the planet? Is there anything more powerful? Listen, nuclear bombs don't even compare. Kings and rulers, they, they, don't, they don't stand you. There's no power on earth more powerful than what we have. Can I get an amen? We have the most powerful thing in the universe. Nothing. Principalities, the devil, uh, all of this world, all of mankind, all of the evil, none of that is even comparable to the power that we have. So let me ask this, church. Are we living like it? Do you look at churches and Christians and say they have the most powerful thing on the planet? See, that's a problem. And that's what the Lord's really been dealing with me on is, is this power that we've been given. <clears throat> so, so let's just look, work through some questions here uh, with me. <clears throat> Why was the power given? Clearly Jesus said, I give my church the power. If you are a Christian, if you are saved, you've been given this power. It is the greatest power on the, in the universe. Why did God give this power? That is a very important question because we're going to show you this morning that, that it may not be what you think it is for. But clearly, if you are a Bible reader this morning and we read the book of Acts and we read uh, uh, the, the resurrection accounts and the Great Commission, is it not clear that this power was given to carry out God's mission? And I want to argue this morning that we're not using it for that. We're not using it for that. We're, we're, we're using it for, like Samson did, for our own uh, uses. So God gave the power to carry out God's mission <clears throat> Now, we've talked about this many times, but the Bible tells us clearly that God would use weak, ordinary people, and through God working through those weak, ordinary people, God would get the glory. Is that not the plan? So, so I look around at the Sand Hill Church, and I don't see any superstars here, right? There, there's no fancy rock stars, you know, just talented and rich and have all the intellect. Listen, all the Sand Hill Church has is a bunch of ordinary people with God. With God. Is that enough? Listen, we don't need, we don't need, we don't need intelligent people. We don't need great riches. We, we don't need all the things this world says. You know what we need? We need God. And if we have God, we can do the mission. Right? And that's what the Bible is teaching us. So God, God uh, uh, gave the power and he had a plan that he would not be glorified through man's greatness, but through God's greatness. But all the power we need to do anything is available to us. Do we believe that? Okay? So, what Satan has done. Now, I don't like to give Satan credit, but at the same time, I think we need to understand what he's doing. You know, if you're in sports, what do you do? You study the opponent. If you're in the military, what do you do? You study the enemy. You figure out what they're doing so you can counteract it. Now, I'm going to try and be very truthful. Again, if you disagree with me, you please come and talk to me. But I'm going to try to be very honest. But can I just tell all of you here this morning, everybody here, I can't help you if I don't tell you the truth. I can't help you if I don't tell you the truth. You say, what if it's not what we've always believed? I can't help you if I don't tell you the truth. 
You might pat me on the back and say, you're a great pastor, but if I am not telling you the truth and being faithful to what God has given me, uh, I can't help you, right? And I'm not here to be a puppet on a string. I'm here to give you what God gave you. So I'm going to try and do that this morning, and I want you to see what Satan has done. So if you were Satan, and you realized that Jesus Christ had built a church and put the power of God in that church, and that the power that was given to the church could literally take over the world, how many of you think the Satan might say, I need to stop that power? Does, does that make sense? In other words, he, Satan is not, he's not nearly as blind as we are. He recognizes there is a power in the church. And he says, how can I keep them from using that power? Just like he did Samson. How can I keep them from using that power? So we're going to look at a few things that the devil has done. I've been criticized many times for speaking against the Spirit, and I've been told you're going to, you better be careful, you're going to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, and, and, and on and on and on. But here is what I always think. When I make statements against so-called Spirit, I'm standing on the Word of God. Can I tell you I'm not afraid to offend God when I'm standing on the Word of God? Right now, you say, "Well, it's not how we believe it." Well, I don't really care. I'm standing on the word of God. Okay, so Satan, in order to defeat us from using this power, he gave us some counterfeit spirits. Little s. We've been learning on Wednesday night about the Book of Acts, but you know, if you go to the bookstore, if you turn on the radio, turn on TV. If you, you get to looking, you know one of the most controversial subjects there is in all of Christianity? The Spirit. Do you know how perverted the Spirit has become? Do you know how absolutely ungodly the Spirit has become? And here's the thing, so much of the church has gobbled it up. They have, they have swallowed the lie that Satan has given us. And so Satan says, if you use the power God has given you, you're going to destroy my kingdom. If you use the power God has given you, you're going to be successful and see great things done. So I have to give you a spirit that's not God's, but make you think that it is God's, so you will receive it and you won't be powerless because you gave up the power of God. Did you guys see that? And so today... I want you to think about a few things with me. We see so many things done. And there are a lot of good Christians who are deceived. Because in all of these things that are done, you know what they talk about? Jesus. I mean, if they, t if they say Jesus, don't they have to be right? Doesn't that just make them accurate? I mean, they talk about God. They read a Bible verse and they talk about Jesus. They've got to be good. No, they could be the devil themselves. Because the Bible says that he, he has a, a ministers of light that will, that will present themselves as godly, but they're actually of the devil, right? So we have these people. And then, then they say, well, by the power of God, we're going to heal these people. And by the power of God, we're going to, you know, we're going we're gonna to do all these things, deliverance and all these different things. And it, it sounds very, very spiritual. But let me, let's stop and look at it. It's not biblical, you say, Pastor, how do you come up with that conclusion? Here's one thing that I want you to think about. In a lot of those churches and a lot of those movements, you know, we talk a lot about the prosperity gospel. If you'll just do what Jesus says and send me your money, you will be rich and famous and have everything you want and you'll always be healthy. That sounds like a good thing, but it's not biblical. It's not biblical. Now, here's the thing, guys. In all of those movements... In all of those movements, you can say, oh, I love watching that on TV, and it's so fascinating. They walk down the aisle, and a guy smacks them on the head, and they get healed, and, and God does all these miracles. It's great. It's the power of God. No, it's not. No, it's not. You say, why is it, Pastor? Because they don't like to talk about sin. They never get to holiness. There's nothing about going by what the Bible says. You know what there is? We're going to tickle your flesh by giving you something that excites you. Do you guys see this? So we're substituting the actual power of God for a counterfeit power of God that is not of God, but is possibly of the devil, and it is deceiving us into trading off what God has for us for something that is not any good. 
Now, while everyone here, or maybe most of you here would say, well, yeah, Pastor, I agree, they're wrong. We don't, we don't go along with that. So let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. I better make sure I got this right. I might have the wrong order. Just give you something. I'm saying something totally different. <clears throat> okay, I got it right. All right. So we say those churches, those churches don't, that's a counterfeit. What about emotion? What about emotion? Right? The reason I go to church so I can feel good. The reason I go to church is so I can get a blessing and cry and whoo, just lift my burdens away. Right? Now, we've been taught that all of our lives. Okay? Now, stick with me. Don't run away. Don't run away. Okay? Stick with me. Okay? Don't run out the door yet. We've been taught that all of our lives. Now, let me ask this question. Can the, the real, the true power, can the power of God come into this church and it make you cry? The answer is yes. Can it make you get excited? Yes, it can. Can, can we go out of here saying, I am on cloud nine because God showed up? Yes, we can. Here's my problem. Here's my problem. When I was young, Sister Richard, when I was young, I said this when I was a young preacher, and everybody in the church told me I was wrong. And I was kind of like, I believe it, but I'm not sure. Can I just tell you I'm an old man? I, I'm right. Okay? I, I'm not backing up now. I'm, I'm no longer, I think I'm right, but you guys are all against me. Now I am. This is right, and you guys need to change. Okay? Is that bold enough for you? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. I cannot fathom how the Spirit, we're talking about God, comes to a place we shout the house down and continue to live against God. I can't comprehend that. I've been saying that for 20, 30 years. What I'm saying is there are a lot of people who have been taught the reason you come to church is to seek the Spirit. And the Word of God doesn't matter, and living right doesn't matter, and holiness doesn't matter, and nothing else matters. But what does matter is we got blessed when we come to church. And anything that takes our blessing away has got to be bad. But can I tell you, that blessing will not hold you Monday morning when your life falls apart. And there are a lot of people shouting and praising God and emotional, and then the world hits them on Monday, and they fall down because they're not being built up by the Word of God. They have a fall spirit and it won't sustain you and guys I've been around a long time I've been in a lot of churches all over this country I've been in a lot of churches and so many of them are built on simply the fact of coming to church and feeling good but those same people as soon as they have any problem in life they fall apart there's nothing there I cannot, I, I, think it is, I think it is blasphemous, I think it is blasphemous for you to say that God Almighty came into our presence and it did not make a difference. Is that not blasphemous? God showed up, we had fun, but it didn't change anything. I'm still going to go home and chew my wife out. I'm still going to go home and live like the devil. I'm still going to go home and look at things I shouldn't be looking at. Can I tell you God doesn't work that way? Can I just tell you if God shows up here, and you're sinning, he's going to bring it to your attention. He's going to show you you're wrong, and you need to change. And let me just be real bold here as your pastor. If something comes in here, and it gives you a tingly feeling, but it does not address your sin, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit, guys. It's not, okay? And so we need to get a hold of this. Again, I know God can come and give us a good feeling, but he can also, uh, he can also whoop us pretty good and straighten us up, right? And so, so that, is, that is the job of the Holy Spirit. And so we want the real spirit. So here's saying, you know, again, this is, not a, this is not a scolding you or correcting you. This is a showing us how to walk a little farther down the line. What we need to come to, everybody here in the church, what we need to come to is we need to be looking for the real spirit and not the false spirit. We need to look for the power that will change this world and not a false power that won't take us anywhere. Okay? <clears throat> what about, I've preached this so many times, I don't even think this is a, you're either mad or you're not mad, but I've preached this so many times, I don't think it's really even needful to spend any time on, but just, let me just hit it real quickly. We are taught that preaching, when, this is what a lot of people have been taught, when the Spirit shows up, your voice will raise, you will cry, you'll get red in the face, you'll climb the pews, and you'll shout real loud. That proves you have the Spirit. Right? Can I tell you that's wrong? That, I hope everybody here knows that's wrong. That is wrong. Now, I kind of like a preacher's got a little bit of life in them, right? 
I, I don't necessarily want to just stand here monotone and not say anything. But let me say this. The power is not determined by how excited you get. It's just not, guys. Here's my, here's my argument. I know this to be a fact. I don't think this is a sand hill anymore. I don't, think, I, don't think this is, I don't think this is a sand hill thing. But I know this. I could cry. I could scream. I could climb over these pews. I, I could shout hallelujah and say Jesus saves. And there'd be some people go home and say, that's the best preaching I've ever heard in all my life. And I never said one lick of Bible and it didn't do you a bit of good. And you're not growing. You're not getting anything from God. You're not getting closer to God. You're just getting your flesh tickled. But let me make this very, very clear. Everybody here, look, look, look right here. The Holy Spirit was not given to make your flesh feel good. That's where we got it all wrong. We have turned the Spirit into something that makes my flesh feel good. And, and, and can I tell you, we like to criticize the, the teenagers for going to a, a rock concert and holding a light and doing this right here and saying, I'm praising God. But we got some 50 and 60 year olds who are doing the exact same thing inside of a church because they're just going for their feeling of their flesh. So let's get back to the real power. The real power of God. Amen? Anybody here want the real power? The real thing, to be able to, to tell what, what is real and what is not. Now this last one is going to go down like a, <laughs> like a lead balloon. But, but I'm feeling pretty bold this morning, so I'm just going to preach it, alright? And, and you guys, uh, you guys will chew it up and talk to me later, okay? I got a problem. I got a problem. Okay? You got to listen real careful and don't jump ship on me, okay? The power of God was not given to us for selfish purposes. Now, let me explain. Samson took his power and he said, I can find me some good women. I can whoop me some big armies. I, I could I could settle some debt. I, I could do all the I, 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 I. And can I tell you, that's what the church wants to do with the Holy Spirit? We want the Holy Spirit for me. I, 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 I. It was never for you, 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 you. Listen, the Holy Spirit was come to build the kingdom. And that's not what we're using it for. So, so let's just stop right here. Uh, you got to pay real close attention. You're going to get confused. You got you to really tune in here. Do not let your mind drift, okay? You might get offended, but you got to tune in. Okay, listen to me. Does God still do miracles in 2022? Do we, do we believe in that? Can God do the supernatural? Could God part the Red Sea in 2022? Absolutely. Could, is there anything God could not do? Listen, he is God. He can do anything. He has all power. And Jesus told them when he gave him the Great Commission, told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. What did he say before that? All power is given to me. And I'm going to send you my spirit back with all power to do everything you need to do. Anybody here believe that? So we have all power. <clears throat> now, I would think if we had all power and God wants to do miracles and God still does do miracles, I would think we could see some pretty amazing things happen. Here's the problem, guys. We have said that power that we have is for me. Okay? Now, now I'm, I'm just going to stop right here, and I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to help me right now, because I'm, I'm about to lose about three-quarters of you right here, okay? So, so just help me, Holy Spirit, okay? This is very, very serious. Um, we think... The power of God is to do our bidding. Can I just tell you guys that? Now, can God heal? Can he heal? Does he have the power to heal? No question about it. Is that the reason he gave his power? No. <laughs> Did I just lose you? Can God take care of your financial problem? Yes. Is that why he sent his power? No. Can God fix your messed up marriage? Yes. Is that why he sent? See what I'm saying is we have made him a bellhop. Lord, fix this. Lord, fix that. Lord, give me this. Give me that miracle. I want this miracle. I want that miracle. I need you to fix this. I need you to fix that. But we never say, would you do something big for yourself? 
Because we're not interested in helping God. We're interested in us. Right? Now, I want to give this illustration. Here's my problem. Some of you are going to go, Pastor, I thought that we were allowed to pray for ourselves, and now you're telling us we're not allowed to pray for ourselves. That's not what I said. Let me, let me give you another thing real quick here. I've been in church all my life, okay? I'm an old man. I've been in church all my life. A lot of you guys have been in church all your life. I've heard a lot of testimonies. Praise God that God still works, right? We, we hear testimonies, pray God still works. I want you to think about this. And, and I'm trying to go back over, you know, 50 years of being in church and thinking about all of the testimonies I've heard. And I've heard this, you know, God healed me this, and God did this, and God came and helped me pay this bill, and God did. And all those things are true. But here's the thing. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say, I prayed for the city of Sandusky, and God moved it. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say, I prayed and the house was filled with sinners. I, I, you don't hear, that's not what we're interested in. We're interested in getting what I want done. And we've made church about having my needs met. And, and I want God to fix what I need him for. And can I just be as nice as I can and tell you that is carnal Christianity. Because we're coming to church to get our needs met. Now, you say, Pastor, are you telling us we're not supposed to pray for the sick and we're not supposed to pray for our financial needs? We're not supposed no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm telling you, we got it out of order. We got our priorities out of order. Down where I work, <clears throat> my company gives me a brand new pair of boots every year. Isn't that nice of them? I, I get a real nice pair of boots every year. That's nice. They also give me a paid vacation. I actually don't have to go to work and they pay me for not working. That's really, really nice. Now, if I went up to Brother Charles and said, I, I got to tell you how great my job is. I get paid vacation and I get a new pair of boots. And they say, how much do you earn? Oh, they don't give me any wages, but I get paid vacation and I get a new pair of boots. Charles would say, uh, so you're working all year and they're not paying you anything but you're excited because you got a new pair of boots? Can I tell you that's how we do Christianity? See, the healing is secondary. Let, let, let me give you a little insight. If you are dying of some terrible disease and God heals you, guess what? You're going to die. If you have money needs and, 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 and you pray and God sends a great check in the mail, can I tell you what? You're going to have money needs next week. Do you see what I'm saying? We get so wrapped up in the side benefits and we forget about the reason we're here. The reason we're here is not for us. The reason we're here for Jesus. And so in the church, if we would say we have a power, let's use it to build the kingdom. And if God decides to bless me, Hallelujah. Now let's look at Jesus for an illustration. How many of you think this morning, just all across here, how many of you think Jesus is a good example to follow? You want to follow his example? I mean, don't follow me, but follow Jesus, right? So Jesus was here. How many of you think that while Jesus was here on earth, he had any problems? <laughs> Did he have any problems? Does Jesus ever say, Father, make things better for me? Does he ever get down and say, oh, Lord, they was mean to me in the temple the other day. Would you make them be nice when I go back? No. When they were trying to kill him, I mean, Jesus didn't do any of that stuff. You know, Jesus was always there. I'm here to help somebody. I'm here to save somebody. I'm here to reach the lost. I came to seek and to save that which is lost. He, he, even in his healings and things he did was to point people to him so they would receive him as their savior. And Jesus understood if he healed the blind, the blind were still going to die. He understood when he, when he uh, uh, touched the lepers, they were still going to die. He understood that was a temporary fix. But what he understood was if they receive me as their savior, they can go to heaven and live with me forever. Right? So Jesus lived 33 and a half years and faced some really hard things. And we never find him praying about his problems. Think about that. Garden of Gethsemane. He got down and he said, Lord, I, I don't want to drink this cup. And maybe we can argue that he was praying. I don't believe he was praying selfishly. But can I tell you, you follow through the Gospels, you don't find Jesus looking for himself. You know what you see him looking for? How he can glorify the Father. Now let me ask you guys this. He's a good example. Are you guys with me? He's a good example. Did God take care of his son? Absolutely. But his son wasn't focused on himself. 
His son was focused on that. When I fell off, and I've told this story before, and please, I'm, not, I'm trying to be an, an example. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I, I am not a good example to follow. Please, please don't think I'm trying to boast myself. I'm just trying to give you an illustration. But when I fell off the roof, my doctor told me, a long time afterwards, but when I fell off the roof, the doctor told me, he said, your, your uh, tibia, your shin bone, was literally dust. He said, when you came in here, we actually, it was little, just literally my whole entire, uh, the bone was just dust. It was just little itty bitty pebbles inside my leg. How many of you know, seriously, that God could have that day, when Brother Charles was sitting there holding my hand and I was screaming like a little girl, uh, when I was laying there in my driveway, how many of you know at that moment, God could have, and my boom would have been perfect and I could have got up and walked away and I'd have been healthy. Right? I said, man, that didn't hurt at all. <laughs> Shattered my tibia, that didn't even bother me, right? God healed me. God could have done that. And, and, I'm, and I'm not, please, I'm not, I'm trying to set an example. I laid on my back for 10 months, 11 months, couldn't, couldn't, I couldn't even get a glass of water. I just, I would just lay on the couch 24-7. You know, I don't remember praying for, for me. I don't remember praying, Lord, would you please heal this thing and put it all back together? You know, my mind was going, God, what are you trying to do? Is my ministry changing? Am I supposed to get a lesson out of this? Are you going to, am I never going to return to work? Am I, what are you doing in my life? And can I tell you, God took care of me? Are you guys with me? God took care. What I'm saying is if my first priority was, oh God, heal my leg, I might have missed everything else. But I was saying, Lord, what are you doing in my ministry? And God took care of my leg. Are you guys getting this? That's where we got it backwards. If you have a health problem, we listened to prayer requests from, we had a bunch of prayer requests come in, and they were serious, they were needs. God can help every one of those. But can I just give you, as your pastor, if we would focus on what God wants done, He'd take care of us. But we're so focused on ourselves, we don't even think about what God wants. I'm trying to help you guys this morning, but can I just tell you, the power that was given us is not for us, it's for His kingdom. So let's look at how that looks. And, and <clears throat> so Satan tries to keep us from the power that incended, but God has a plan for his power. I believe God still does miracles. I believe those miracles are to spread the gospel. We've been studying the book of Acts, and I've been challenging everybody here that all the things that are done in the book of Acts, which is our is kind of our beginning, our playbook, if you will, but all the things that were done in Acts, whenever they healed, when they went into the temple and they healed the man that was lame there, he said, now let me tell you about Jesus, right? When, 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 when everyone was healed, we, we talked about how that Paul uh, caused that man to be blind, but then someone believed on Jesus. It was always about taking people to Jesus and seeing them saved. The gospel is what God cares about. And what God knows is everything in this life is temporary, but the gospel will last forever. We guys, we've got to get why we are here. We are here to spread the gospel. We're here to see souls saved. We're here to see lives transformed. And we're not here to have our needs met. And if we would focus so firmly on what God is doing and what he's doing in this church, we could, we could forget about our problems because God would just take care of those as a side benefit like a new pair of boots. I like getting a new pair of boots, but I don't work all, all year long to get a new pair of boots. It's just a side benefit. It's just something that comes in that's nice. It's a nice little thing, but it's not why I work. I don't know about the rest of you guys. I work because I like a paycheck, right? So, so that, that's why you go to work is for that paycheck. It's not for that new pair of boots. So God has a plan, and those miracles are to spread the gospel. Now, I don't know if everybody knows this or understands this, but in 2022, today, all across this great big world, there are places in Russia and China where they don't have freedom and God is doing miracles daily. You know why he's doing miracles? Because he's growing his church. And in places where they say, we will take your head off if you confess Jesus, the church is growing by leaps and bounds. Do you know why that is? Because the power that God gave his church is being used for God. And those people over there aren't saying, make my life better and give me riches and that make me, make me like an American. You know what those people over there say? Would you save souls? Would you grow the church? Would you do a great work here? And God is doing that because God still does miracles. And the great power of God will change things if we will let him. And if you study missionaries, uh, you know, Josh always likes to talk about old dead guys. But, but if you study live guys today, there are still miracles going on today. 
on the mission field. You say, why are they happening there and not happening here? So let's just stop with, for a theological question. If you're in Russia, do you, ha- do you get a different power than if you're in the United States? No. So maybe we're not using it. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> maybe we're not using it. In other words, the things that we're, we say, wow, the church is growing and, and great people are being saved and the continent's being changed and all the great things happening and the missionaries are out and, and they're doing all these miraculous things. They're, they're smuggling in Bibles and no one sees them doing it and, and they just, the guy pulled a gun but he never, they never got shot and they had stuff on him and they searched him and they couldn't find him. All of these miracles that are happening and we say, oh, I, that would be cool. Can we do that here? When we stop thinking about ourselves and start thinking about God, we can see those things done. Does anybody believe me? And I'm telling you, I, this is just another step down the road that we're trying to go on. The Lord's trying to lead us on. But can I just tell you, we always say Sand Hill is not like the other churches. But here's the thing, guys. If we did this, we would really not be like the other churches. <laughs> because I don't know of a church anywhere that's doing this. Okay? I'm talking about the power that God gave us. Say, God, would you do the impossible? God, would you do a miracle? Not God heal me, not God pay my bills, not God fix my marriage, not God uh, give me a better job, not God, uh, you know, no. God, would you reach people that are on their way to hell and save them? Does anybody here believe God can do that? You know, I've preached this a thousand times to you guys, but, but what if we had the audacity to say, and some of you just cringe when I say this, what if we had the audacity to say, Lord, in faith, Praying in the power, would you fill our church up with drug addicts and prostitutes and then change them into shining Christians? Can God do that? I'm, that's what I'm talking about, the power of God. The power of God does the impossible. The power of God heals and does tremendous things that only God can do. And we're saying, I want a new pair of boots. And God's saying, I want to give you so much more than that. And you're focused on what you want. Are you guys getting this? And, and so I, I think that we need to, to change our focus point and see God do that. So, so let's look at Sand Hill just for a minute. I put a big word in there, but it's kind of been eating at me lately. I'll be honest with you. Is there anybody here who knows what pragmatic means? Uh, probably not. I've read some books on pragmatic, and, it, and it, for some reason it kind of intrigues me. And if I'm real honest and if I would just want to be confessing my sins, I'm kind of a pragmatic guy. But, prag- but pragmatism, being pragmatic, it just simply means of kind of just boiled out. It just kind of means doing what makes sense. Doing, doing what makes sense, right? So it, it makes sense to do this, and we did it that way. It didn't work, so we're going to do it this way. But here's my problem, guys, and I don't mean this as a criticism towards anybody. I'm just trying to show you how I think we need to walk down the road a little further. I know we pray around here, but I'm talking about changing the way we pray. I heard a preacher say a long, long time ago, and he was right. He said, we've been preaching long enough, we know how to preach. You know, that's true. I can get up without God and preach. I can get up, quote some scriptures, jump around, get excited, give you some guy something, and I've done it long enough to know how to do it without God, right? How many of you want to hear me preach without God? (laughs) Nobody, right? But can I tell you, Sand Hill Church knows how to put on a youth camp being pragmatic. This is what works. This is what doesn't. Guys, we got to stop doing that. We had a meeting Friday night about the nativity scene. I'd say there's very few churches anywhere that can say they had thousands and thousands of people come to their nativity last year, right? Pretty awesome for a tiny church. But can I tell you, we figured out how to do it. This makes sense. Let's do it. And we can go on on OCC. I think you guys are phenomenal. I'm blown away with you guys. We come up with this, just five years ago, we come up with this idea. And you guys just bring it in by the truckloads. And, and, we, and we build all these boxes, and it's just phenomenal what we have done. And praise God for it. And I, and I praise God that you guys do it. And, and I'm not criticizing anything you've done. Please misunderstand my heart. I praise God for what he has done this far. And I'm not criticizing what we've done so far. I'm saying the road ahead, it needs to change. I, I won't ask you to raise your hand. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But I want to ask this question very, very sincere, just as sincere as I possibly can. All of you that were at the packing party yesterday, which is most of you, all of you that was at the packing party yesterday, you got your little shoebox. This is my shoebox. And you went and sat down and you prayed, oh God, help that little girl boy is going to get this box and yada, 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 yada. And you got to do that. Had to do that 27 times, right? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, 
But how many of you confidently thought, I'm going to see this little girl in heaven. I know she's going to get saved. Do you see the difference between going through the motions and being pragmatic and really believing God's going to do something? We, we had it, probably nobody here knows this except for me. We at the Fall Fest, uh, Kevin and, and Miguel was over there uh, giving them the gospel and I was kind of off to a side table and had this lady come over to me. And we do this every year. And guys, I need to do better. We had a little sheet there that said, you know, put your name on there and we'll pray for your needs. And this little lady, this little lady come by. And I, don't, I don't know who she was from Adam. She just come by and she wrote her name down on there. And she said this, pray for my family. It's a mess. Something like that. And here's what I've been praying. I don't know that lady. If she walked through this door right now, I wouldn't have no idea who she is. Georgie probably knows her, but I have no idea who she is, okay? <laughs> I, 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 if she walked through, I, I wouldn't even know. But here's been my prayer. So putting that paper away and forgetting we even had it, I've been praying, Lord, would you do such a work in her life that she'll know it's you? She came to a church event, and church people said they would pray, who have no power. But what if we had power, and we could say, God, would you orchestrate things in your life to bring her to this church so she'll find salvation and her whole family will get saved? Do you guys see the difference in how we've been doing it and what we need to be doing we go to youth camp and we come back and it's just phenomenal. And I'm not Chris. I'm not Chris as youth group or OCC or, or, or the nativity. I'm not Chris. I'm just saying we, we have become pragmatic and there is a way to do it where we get it done and get it done right. And this way won't work, but this way will. That's pragmatism. That's the way that makes sense. But what about if we said we can't do this unless God shows up? Unless God does a miracle. We come back every year from youth camp and we complain about the other churches and we complain about the this and the this and the that and that. And we say, well, we did all our part. What if we aren't doing our part? What if we need to fall on our faces and pray, God, may the power come to the camp and may you change those people that come and change them for eternity. Does anybody believe God can do that? We're, we've got... 1,350 and maybe 1,400 boxes we're going to send overseas. If you think about how many of that little child will receive that and possibly their family and brothers and sisters and even their village, that could be thousands and thousands and thousands. What if God decided to save all of those people? But if we just go to the store, buy things, put them in a box, say a little prayer and send it over there, there's no power in that. It's just going through the motions. And I'm trying to tell you guys, I believe God wants to do a lot more if we would start using the power he's given us. Many times in the Bible, God would turn a city up down. You know God turned a continent upside down? That's pretty good. You know he used unlearned and ignorant people to do it? That's pretty good. How many of you think he could take this little small church right here? Now, don't give me the right answer. The right answer is always, yeah, Jesus can do it. No, 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 I don't want that. But how many of you really believe that God could turn the city of Sandusky upside down with the power that we have in this church? That's what I'm talking about changing. I'm talking about, I'm talking about getting out of what we can do and getting into what he can do. Because can I just tell you what we have done is impressive if we have done it. But what we have done, if God's doing it, it's not very impressive at all. Do you understand that? Other churches look at us, they say, wow, look what Sand Hills doing. What they're really saying is you guys got a few handful of people and you're doing some amazing things and our big church can't do what you're doing. All they're saying is your guys work harder than our guys. But what about if we said, no, 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 it's not what we have been able to do because we can do some pretty amazing things. What if it was what our God can do? And it would blow their mind because they said that's not possible with that group of people there. Is anybody following me? And that's what God's been putting on my heart, guys, is that we need to start expecting God to do the impossible. Let me give you this last one thing, and I'll, and I'll try to quit. Can I get an amen Then the day we're living in? It's a discouraging time. If you watch the news, if you watch what's going on in our country, if you look the direction our country's going in, if you look at the sin that is running rampant, it's discouraging. We could be on the verge of losing our freedoms, we, we, we are no doubt on the verge of being overtaken with evil. So you got two choices, guys. L look right here. you got two choices. You can, get, you can be doom and gloom and despair and woe is me and it's going to get bad for me and I'm going to lose my freedoms and our economy is going downhill and yada, yada, and you can be doom and gloom. Or you could say, hallelujah, when it gets really bad, God's going to be able to do great and amazing miracles because the opportunities will be endless. 
If they take away our freedoms, we're going to have so many opportunities for God to be big. If they, if they make us uh, be, have to accept sin in the church house, God's going to be able to do so many miracles he couldn't do before. God is going to be able to shine like a light because it's getting very, very dark. But can I be real honest? Look right here. I, I want you to get this. You can get mad at me, but look me in the eye when you do it. You know what most of you worry about? It's going to affect your pocketbook. What Washington's doing is going to mess up my economy. It's going to work my, mess up the things that I, that I want. And, 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 and it's going to, I'm not going to have the freedom to go and do the things I want. And, 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 and on, 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 on. Selfish. Selfish. But what if we say, God, if we turn into Sodom and Gomorrah, <laughs> we're going to really have a chance to show you off. <laughs> Wasn't that exciting? Wasn't that exciting? Listen, I told you guys many times I'm probably going to end up in jail. And, and I think there's a good chance that that could happen. But I've also said if I do something, you need to get in line behind me so you can get in jail too. Right? And then we'll convert to jail. All right, guys? Right? So what I'm saying is let's make God big. Let's quit doing it ourselves. Let's quit making it about us. Let's make it all about him. I believe God can do the impossible. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.